Good morning and welcome to Dear God Am I Funny, the comedy podcast that dives into the journeys of those that we find funny. Today is Lance Paulin. Lance Paulin? He likes to pollinate our ears with the sweet, sultry sounds of his voice. And hopefully, through that process of pollinating your ears, you give it a giggle, a little hee-hee, or a too-hoo, and a ha-ha. I was a little sick this day, so all you get is the sweet Eric Nicastro. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Dear God Am I Funny, You Sexy Sons of Bitches. Get my uh, my notes up. Gosh, been doing nothing but writing about Lance oh, for God. weeks. Whoa, so. Well, I love watching your videos and I'm excited to chat. Oh, thank you. This is good though, uh, Derek. That you're talking right now with a mask on, not near a microphone, because some people tell me that's what you normally sound like on these podcasts. What's the level in your ears? It's uh, it's good. It's it's loud, right? I think you sound nice. Thank you. But is it too? I don't think it's too loud. No, is it's it? good. It yeah, it's good. <coughs> Just trying to do the arm Last thing. Time there was some low level. Yeah, I was figuring out these. I feel like I'm arm wrestling this arm. Yeah, we got really fancy really yeah, quick here. Re- they're really strong. Are yeah. they taking creatine or anything they like that? <laughs> God, they're, so <laughs> they're taking creatine. Yeah, you. I'm excited to listen to it later. All right. All right. That'll double our listenership. All right, goodbye, Derek. All right, goodbye, Derek. So Derek's, he's out. He's, now he's officially outside. Yeah, he didn't offer us water or anything. That Can you believe that? Sucks. Do you want, uh, yeah, do you want some of mine? Can I you brought get a half me? gallon. Okay, <laughs> we'll just share it. <laughs> yeah. If he could give us some straws, maybe two straws, or we could just share one. So this is interesting. Straws yeah. is how I originally bonded with your wife, your now wife. Oh, right. Right. Um, because we were at doing the open mics at Flappers yeah. in Burbank. And uh, they had a lot of signage about the straws killing turtles. She's not into straws. No. And um, I remember talking about that with her. And I thought she was just an insane person. But then it was everywhere. <laughs> People yeah. really. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty, they're pretty no straw over there. Yeah. If you, if you need it, they will, they'll give you one, but they'll probably put a napkin on it so no one really sees so it. So I was at a Whole Foods. Years later, uh-huh. and uh, you know, I said, uh, I you know, ordered a smoothie, and uh, first they didn't give me a straw, and I'm like, you know, this isn't a sipping beverage, right? And so they gave me a paper straw, and they were like, yeah, you can have, a, we can give you as many paper straws as you'd like, and I was like, have you guys been to Flappers? Gosh, that's. I fun. think you guys. Also, I'm gonna need every one of these paper straws yeah, to try to get through ju- this smoothie. It's this ridiculous. So soft. So I'm like, quick. we're gonna save that turtle, but I'm gonna kill a forest. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little give and take. My wife's gonna be upset because I think that's really her story, and I'm just taking it over. Uh, Maybe it was her at Whole Foods. Uh, I don't know. She doesn't listen to this anyway. So Lance, welcome. We've been trying to get you in here. Yeah, it's good to be, and it's good to be, um, to be in here. Yeah, yeah. Wherever this is. Yeah, yeah. No, it's we're good. in Toluca Lake. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um. So first of all, you're stand-up comic. Yep. Uh, yep. Actor. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You write it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Writing. Right. Reading. Yep. Reading. Uh, you know, to be honest, probably not so much. Not a good reader. Not so much uh, reading. A little either. here and there, but probably not. <laughs> and if you ask me to do it out loud, <laughs> I'm gonna fumble words and I'm gonna choke and I'm gonna get in my head. So, um. I mean, I was going to ask you about influences and stuff, but it makes me think immediately about Andy Kaufman. Oh, yeah. Who would literally just get up there, and he'd start reading a book, and it would <laughs> piss off the audience. Yeah. Um, it, you ever try anything like that? I mean, I've definitely done some stuff where I've like committed to doing something to see you know, if I could get people on board. Right, does it get a reaction? Yeah, usually, like, like. so I went up the, a couple sets ago. I, I, so I'm working at a restaurant a few nights a week, and I came... What th- restaurant? 
the arbor over in pasadena beautiful it's a beautiful place yeah, yeah it's a it's a fine dining spot which is like a whole other element of serving so, that I so it's a white done. napkin they do white yeah. napkin white tablecloth white shirt um white smile and um <laughs> I had a set after work, so I, I came after work and I just did the whole set as a server. I was acting like I was a server in the place, taking orders, started taking orders. And, you know, half half the people were like, I'm not really on board with this. <laughs> yeah. And then like a quarter of the people were like confused. But then there was like the other quarter that were like, oh, I see what he's doing. This is kind of fun. This is fun. So does that, even if you just get a quarter of the people who are into it, is yeah. that going to push you to try more of that in the future? Or is it like, it, I, this is more of a waste of my time? It's not a not a waste for sure because it's like stretching in a way of like, you know, you got to be on the moment. You got to be on your feet. And it's just thinking outside your normal, you know, your normal set or whatever. So, but, but, but having them laugh, it, it, it's like, Oh, you guys get it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, so I'm not totally crazy. I mean, I'm kind of, cr- I'm, I'm a lot of. Crazy. Yeah, you're still taking orders for a restaurant that doesn't oh, exist, right. where they're there to see a comedy and show. Like, yeah, where are these jokes at? Yeah. What is he doing? <laughs> and why is he telling us a special again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was the special? It was a. I think I did a filet mignon. No, I did a sea bass Beautiful. special. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with some garlic foam on top. It's really called something else, but we're gonna call it a sea bass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I love about sea bass. It's so fishy. It's never an egg. It never is a. There is no sea bass. I don't even know what it is. Is this? Is it just? Is well, it you just, know, like Chilean sea bass. No, I've heard it, of it's it. It's called like it, it's called like the shit stink fish. Really? And they're like, oh, that doesn't. We can't sell that. Let's call it Chilean sea bass. What is? Is it just a regular white fish? Yeah, they're, they're all right? just white fish. But they just call it sea bass. By the way, make... that's my favorite thing to do at a restaurant. No way. Is ask. Oh, what kind of fish is that when it's called some? And it, the answer is, it's a white, it's a white fish. It's a white fish. They're all. They're all white, except for the salmon, which they dye red. So, <laughs> right, dude. Oh man, this is uh, yeah. crazy. Well, fish. we'll save this for that fish yeah, podcast. Yeah. So, you grew up. I did. Sp- I'm still doing it. Spokane. Oh yeah, in Spokane. Yeah. And that's in Eastern that's Washington. Washington State. Yeah, Eastern Washington. So like 20 minutes off of the Idaho border. Parents, um, you have them. I do have a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I got a mom and a mom and a dad, and then they split when I was like one, and then my my dad remarried, so I have a stepmom. Do you blame yourself as a one year old? No, that was definitely not on me. Oh, good. Yeah, I thought about <laughs> it though a lot. Of, a lot. I was like, maybe this is on me. But then uh, after a lot of tears, I think I found out it was not on me. Yeah. I my, <laughs> my parents are divorced, and you know, as a kid, you you go through the yeah, you know yeah. all the emotions, and then as you grow up, you get to know your parents mm-hmm. as adults, and you're like, "Mom, no shit, you got divorced." Uh, yeah, you guys are terrible meant for each other at all. <laughs> Nobody wants to spend time with yeah, you. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I will come home, and I will be there on Thanksgiving. Thank you so much. Oh, you're. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you grew up in Spokane. Yeah, I grew what up was it like growing up there? Um. Small town, uh, s- small town, just everyone, you know, sports, basically. Grew up playing sports, grew up riding, like, dirt bikes and skateboarding. Um, Were you funny as a kid? I think I was kind of goofy. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, it's weird. Like, I, d- I never, like, in school, for sure, I, I was, like, joking around in class. Class I was, clown. Yeah, being stupid and, like, sitting a lot of times in the hall just for being obnoxious with the teachers and then them just being, like... Your time is done. They give me the light. I'm not seeing the light. And yeah. And they just throw me out, you know, <laughs> throw me out into the hallway or throw me into another classroom. And then that teacher will then kick me out and put me in a different class. Like as a joke, they would just toss, they're like, get, just get rid of this kid. Like, we right. can't. he's too much right now. So there's a lot of horsing around in school. Um, but like as a little kid, I didn't really feel, I mean, I was doing some silly stuff, but like I didn't really feel like I was like funny or goofy. I think I just, like, that was my way to like kind of make friends was to be like, did it work? I mean, people were laughing at me, so I think like it made me feel like I had <laughs> <Yeah>. friends. <laughs> I mean, they told me I was funny, so I was um so that so I think yeah, I think it was a good way for me to kind of like it was like my icebreaker, you know, I crack jokes or like when I get uncomfortable, I usually try to be funny or you know, I think that's just kind of right because when you break it down it's 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 an issue with socializing yeah yeah so how do i just 100%. make this something that it's not right now yeah right to kind of get comfortable to then now we can settle into like what it is yeah do you find you, you do that as an adult you know it's weird um so like 
more more now is like I feel awkward being going out and being social because like before it would be like you know always be drinking or you know and that really makes the old social icebreaker stuff easy right um and not that i'm not drinking but i'm not like i don't you know what i'm, I'm just I'm you're slowing down yeah, you're getting I'm older down. i don't need to be pounding whiskeys and and pbrs and stuff before i go out and right more whiskeys and pbrs <laughs> um so it's different now but um it's also just being in the moment and like not thinking about anything other than just kind of what's happening in front of you, you know? So do, did you feel a pressure as a kid and as you got older to be funny? I think once I started doing comedy, then I was, then there was this expectation and pressure that I had to be funny. Yeah. And like, and if I wasn't, people were like, tell me a joke or be funny. Like you're, you're a comedian. You're not even being funny right now. Well, yeah, I'm not on a stage with a microphone. I don't feel like being funny right now. Right. Just like being a regular guy too. You work at a restaurant. I work You're not taking right. orders right now. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so, um, so I'm fascinated because you started doing stand up when you were 18. Yeah. So yeah, it was like right on the cusp between 18 and 19. So, are you doing anything junior high school, high school? You start channeling that funny in in the arts, in you know theater. Mm-hmm. So, uh, gr- so going into high school, the. I signed up for drama because I was just like, all I wanted to do in high school was skateboard. I didn't want to be at school. I just wanted to skateboard. That was, that was what I wanted to do. And so I took all these easy classes where I could just screw off and not worry about anything and then just go skateboard. So I knew I wouldn't have homework. So I signed up for drama thinking, well, I definitely won't have homework and it seems like a pretty easy class. Yeah. So I signed up for it. And then the drama teacher was this really cool woman named, um, Jen Hunter, who was like this improviser who also does like improv comedy at this small theater outside of school. And she was doing a lot of like improv games and improv stuff for the dramas, drama things. Right. Um, and that kind of opened my eyes up to being like, oh, you can be kind of funny in the moment in front of people and just commit to a scene. So like that is when I kind of discovered improv. And that's when I was like, oh, wow, it's really cool that this is like a thing. And were you good at it? pretty early on i mean i was because i think i just didn't know what i was doing and i was just committing and you know like when sometimes when people are blind they it's almost better because they don't know what they're doing and then what they're doing is like really good um but yeah so it was i I was able to find out this this was coming very easy um and because it's just fun it was easy for me to make believe whatever the the scene was or whatever the thing was that we were doing. So you started doing improv. Yeah. But around 18, 19. Mm-hmm. So y- the teacher, I, I ended up taking a bunch of drama classes for the rest of high school. And then once I got out of high school, um, that teacher got me involved with her improv theater outside of school. And then I got into there and was doing improv at that theater and making a bunch of friends with, with her and her improv people. And then you get the bug. Like then I, get I the like bug. being on stage. Yeah, I love, I love making people laugh. Yeah, and I was like, I really love, I love this stuff. Uh, I, I was really interested in stand-up comedy because it was just a one-person thing, and it's just, just one person up there, you know. So, and I heard one, one of the improvisers had done stand-up a few times, and so I asked him where to go and that kind of thing. So where do you, where do you go? So it was the, at the time it was like the Brick Wall Comedy Club which is, it's out of business now. I think it went out of business a few times, but it was this like hotel, uh, it was this hotel comedy club at the, at the basement of, of this hotel. So like ho- hotel bar, basement, comedy club room in the bottom. Yeah. And you go there and so so I go there, but I'm, it's also, it's winter time, it's like January and it's Spokane, so it's snowing. It's super cold. You also have to be 21 to be inside the place. So I had to wait outside of like outside and like, the snow they won't let you wait anywhere inside yeah because like you have to be 21 or over you know so then he so i have like this i wrote together this little set or whatever and and then yeah he then i had i wait outside and then they 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 say "We'll, we'll come get you when you're ready and then they came and got me and then he made fun of me a little bit before he brought me up um and then i went up and then did you make people laugh that first time well so i went up and the first person i saw was uh was a good friend of mine's dad who I hadn't seen in a long time in the very front row. And I was like, Oh shit. (laughs) I was like, I don't know. And then luckily I just looked into the lights and they blinded me. And I just remember sweating a lot. Um, I did get, I did get some laughs. Um, but none of the stuff I think was funny. Do you remember any of it? 
Uh, yeah, I like talked about um, peeing in the bed a lot as a kid. You know, I pee, and like I don't even know. See, I don't even know where the funny part was, but like I was peeing in the bed a lot. Like probably like went through a lot of mattresses and then stupid stuff. Yeah, I think that was all. That's the only one. That that's I a, really, that's great. I was just being honest. Just just <laughs> hey guys, I just want to let you know that I do. I, I just want to let you. Yeah. Yeah. So I slept with like a tarp on my like as a comforter, just like a tarp. Wasn't good. And then your friend's dad is sitting there. Yeah, and he's probably like, "Oh man, oh, thank shit, God did you he sleep stopped at our hanging house? around yeah. my son a few years ago." <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, so you, but a guy in the back. So a guy in the back who 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 you could tell was like he'd he'd been hanging around. His name is Ken McComb, and um, he he's a comedy guy. He's been been up in the Northwest for a long time, and he was sitting in the back, and he told me good set on my way out on the on the way on the walk out. And yeah. I was like, "Oh man, okay, well I feel like." He had a cool jacket on, and I was like, "Oh man, I feel like he's." I should move to Los Angeles. Yeah, I guess I'll just have to go there. <laughs> so, so you pee in the bed. In the um, bed. Guy in the cool jacket cool tells jacket you good set. So, w- what are the steps? Do you hang around Eastern Washington for a while, yeah. or how old are you when you decide to make the move to yeah. LA? So I'm 24 when I make the move to LA, but I'm 19 and I get the buzz immediately after that. Like that was like the, you know, the best high ever, you know, was, was like, coming. it's addictive to be yeah, on stage. It's, like, it's an incredible, incredible all time high for sure. And, um, so then I just started plugging away. I was like, I was, I, I like <laughs> I went and got a typewriter, like an old school typewriter. And I was like up in my, I lived in this, four bedroom house with three other buddies and I was like typing on the typewriter up there jokes my set list for the each week yeah and then I was just hounding each week at the open mic uh because eventually it moved to a different place like shortly after I went up and did that set at the hotel that place moved to a different location and that location allowed do you think they did that so that you wouldn't find them uh, that was a good yeah I, I think I think they were like if we just go up the street farther he, he won't, won't get there weeks. Yes, we yeah said, yeah he, <laughs> he crushed yeah he, he was amazing but that mattress thing. yeah we don't want that guy going around his hands smelled a little like pissy yeah um, <laughs> but yeah so we went there and so so then that place was like you, you could you could be there I and I could be in the room at the same time so it was like a new location so then I was able to go a lot more and um, how often are you doing it I'm doing it like once a week um and then i'm like you know now i'm like making friends with like the other comics there uh you know and the comedy club owner now sees me as like the new fresh guy who sucks but is like really hungry and eager to like do stuff so he like starts having me host a lot at the club and then like doing little guest spots and then um and then i'm really getting the buzz and then you know i'm starting to do some shows like kind of like outside of spokane like you know in idaho and doing some weird one night gigs and like some outdoor it, events. Are there any bits at this point that are really starting to work? Uh, yeah, there were there were some bits at the time that were working that were I, I was like trying to craft together. A lot of people still were like, "Yeah, you just don't have punchlines though," and I'd be like, "Are you sure though?" <laughs> um, and they'd be like, "Yeah, you don't have any punchlines." <laughs> are you getting this from people who are just there to watch, My or are you getting comics, it from comics? Like, hey man, you gotta like figure out a punchline and be like. But that is the punchline, no? And they're like, no. <laughs> were they in retrospect? Were they right? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I became really good at like being able to come back from a joke not working. Doing that is is which was super helpful. So now it's like it doesn't matter if there's a punchline as long as you just stay present with the audience. Yeah. So that's a big thing too. You can have punchlines, but that presence on the mic mm-hmm. can mean everything, mm-hmm. which has been super helpful too. Yeah. That, that was, that was super helpful. Um, so yeah. So then I started to do all that, that hosting stuff. And then I start hanging around the, the guys going on the road, doing a little bit of stuff. Um, and then me and this other guy, Harry, who's a comic up there, who's, who's probably one of the funniest people I've ever met. It, uh, we start hanging out around. We became really good friends and start doing little sketches together and and stuff. And then I start kind of like trying to produce some comedy shows around town. And so then it becomes like trying to just hustle and, you know, do as much as you can in Spokane, you know, like produce a show or do as many shows as you can. And Do you ever, did you get to the point where you were getting too big for Spokane? Um, my ego for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, I, I, no, I, I, I think I was, I was more confident than I was good. I mean, I wasn't horrible, but I, you know, like it was, a, 
I think I was a lot better than I w actually was. I think it's easy for, for me to get people to laugh. That doesn't mean my, like, my bits were that strong, you know? Yeah. Um, but, because uh, it does it start entering into your like I I need to get to the great comedy clubs right well the, yeah then it was like because so then it, toward the end I was like then I was able to work the clubs so like all the clubs in Spokane I was able to do the weekend featuring so I was then doing like you know I had a half hour and it was it was a strong like half hour um, but in hindsight I know I could have been stronger you know it's always hindsight but um, and do you. So, um, and I've mentioned this before, but one of the things I find fascinating about Seinfeld is mm. he agonizes over the, every word mm. in a joke. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you mentioned, I, looking back, I know it could have been stronger, but it was strong. As you're developing this, are you agonizing over a, a, how a joke lands, mm. what words work, what doesn't work? Not so much, no. I was just trying to, no, I wasn't really focused so much on, like, the words... Yeah, because I also like didn't really I didn't I wasn't I didn't think I was very good at writing like I don't I just was more of like let me if I have the idea maybe I can just yeah slowly talk through it or talk you know and also I was like all that time in Spokane I was emulating someone else you know I wasn't I was still trying to find my voice who are like, you emulating I think it was like you know I was a big Mitch Hedberg fan yeah um, love Mitch Hedberg so funny and, and like I just feel so, like I you know, like, like similar tone and in, in the way that I would like to deliver. So I was like doing a little of that. And I also love Dan Cummins, you know, and he's from Spokane. And, uh, and so I was kind of like doing, I was doing the people that I looked up to and was like, Oh, I want to be like these people. These people are really good. So it's interesting because Mitch Hedberg, it's really just punchlines. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Just it's just a train of there. thought. Yeah. There, right. There's no setup, mm -hmm. which is kind of like, which felt most comfortable for me and which is now kind of like all I'm doing is, you know, I'm not doing really any transitions or anything. I'm just standing up there and throwing underhand pitches. <laughs> <laughs> gentle. Yeah. Gentle, gentle underhand pitches. So when, so you're 24. Okay. When so you first get to LA. Yeah. So I'm like booking stuff at this point, I'm like booking stuff in Spokane, I'm doing acting stuff in Spokane. What um, kind of regional theater? Yeah, doing, I'm doing regional commercials and stuff. So I'm like working at a Nordstrom and then I meet a casting person selling them clothes. They call me in for an audition. So then I go and audition, I book the thing and then we start working together a couple few more times. And then I'm getting in with all the other casting people in Spokane and getting a couple agents up there. And I, I book a pilot. Um, it was a, a scripted for like TBS back in the day when TBS was a thing. Yeah. And Spike TV. Um, and so at that time, I like I had just booked a pilot. I had just booked like a few regional commercials that were running in the. What Northwest. was the pilot? Um, it was it was called Thunderballs, and it was with David Koechner. It was like a an Ethan Embry. It was like a a a bowling bowling show. Beautiful. Yeah. Hey, and you I, look like a bowler. Yeah, yeah. I was like in this in this, and they each had like a different group. And like so, there was like this, you know, each team, and I was a team on the mullets, and so we all had like. Long, yeah, long mullets <laughs> and like redness. So does the confidence go up when somebody looks at you and says, "We got this great role for you as a mullet uh, in yeah. a bowling TV show with <laughs> Ethan like, Embry." It's like this is my You're role. Like I made it. This is it. This is <laughs> it. Because at the time, I think I already had had a mullet because I was already having like from nineteen to like twenty. No, from eighteen to twenty, I was rocking a mullet hard. Yeah. Oh yeah. And. <laughs> Okay, so is this is the kind of thing where you're like, I'm uh, going to do it. this, this and it. I'm going to make it work. Universe, yeah. I'm going to be the first person to make it work. <laughs> yes. So that's great. So you already had yeah. the mullet. I had the mullet like, going. We know this one guy who mm. for, is in his early 20s, <laughs> is not from the South, but confidently is rocking yeah, a mullet. Right. He does look like he came from the stick. So, they, so you get to film the pilot? Yeah, I shot the pilot. It was super cool. Um, you know, that was the first like kind of real be on like set. You know, like in the small regional commercials, were were not at the same capacity. You know, there was like camera crews and everything and, and all that good stuff. So I was like, oh yeah, I get used to this. This is nice. Yeah. And then, um, and then yeah, like I really wanted to. So you haven't even made it to Los Angeles, mm -mm. and you've got commercials. I had a st pilot started to do some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And like at the time, I was running a comedy show. It wasn't, you know, it, I think it went like almost a year. I was like, I was trying to like be as busy. So you're as getting possible. local fame. Yeah, I guess like a little local 
people knew that I was a comic in the yeah yeah you know get recognized at a coffee shop maybe oh, do you were, you were you in the yeah whatever so yeah stupid. you were in the Nordstrom commercial you were in that Nordstrom commercial <laughs> were you in that Northern Quest commercial <laughs> a Vista Utilities um yeah so so I had a little stuff going and uh and the people the production company that I had originally met that had booked those um commercials and stuff with were like look you gotta if you're like looking to go to like the next level you you you're gonna have to move to to LA like you or you can stay here and then you can just be this big fish in this little pond and really not you know be where you want to be and you're booming with confidence I'm booming with confidence and i and I and like I already like no, I'm, I'm like my intuition is like I have to go there, but also like I I been really hard for me to leave my family just because like because oh, there's yeah. a lot of them. There's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, and are they supportive? Yeah, very. Yeah. You, you know, mm-hmm. when you're 18, 19, you're like I'm gonna do improv and stand up. Yeah, they're like. Do they fall into a depression about this? They, maybe, or they, they hit it well if they did, <laughs> but I mean, they were like, "Well, this isn't going to be an easy path, that's for sure." So you know. But you had their backing. Yeah, I had their backing for sure. Yeah, and they were super proud, and they're like, "Well, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do it, so my hats off to you, kind of stuff." So that's great. It made me feel good, and, and they definitely support supported me, so, and they still support me so much. Yeah. Um. So then, yeah. So I. I, I, but at the time, I'm in a relationship with, um, you know, I have a girlfriend of like three and a half years, so I can't like really move to LA, and she also is like not really wanting, like she, she wanted to stay, and she wanted the, you know, the uh, a man who trying to be an actor is like she wanted more stability, you know, and she was seven years older than I, so like different. Two she's ready different. to. She's like, ready to have kids yeah. and like have a home, and I'm like, I just started drinking. Like, right. can, can <laughs> I, I'm like, I have this dream that I want to ch- chase. And, um, and then one thing led to another, we, we ended up splitting after a bunch of, bunch of stuff. And, uh, I, then I, so now I'm, I'm now single. I have nothing really kind of holding me back. And I'm feeling, you know, I just had this talk with these guys, like, I feel like a couple months ago being like, you gotta have to move. I keep getting all these things. Like you gotta go to LA and then I just kind of pack it up and, and drive down. So uh, on the, the podcast being called Dear God, Am I Funny? We look at it both ways. This is a moment in your life where you are sure, I am funny. Mm-hmm. I'm about to make it. Uh-huh. I'm already ma- I've conquered Spokane yeah. like nobody has before. Oh, yeah. A- LA doesn't know what they're in for. It's, I mean, they're probably waiting for me when I show up. Yeah. That was my thought. So what happens when you show up? They... Um, yeah, not, not impressed. We couldn't couldn't find him at all. <laughs> couldn't find anyone. It was it was wild, man. It was like, you know, I like didn't because I didn't have I didn't do I I literally packed my shit up and I drove down here without planning anything. I didn't know anybody, and so like I'm staying in a hotel for, I think like a week and a half, blowing through money trying to find some sort of. That was how quick I wanted to. I think that's just my name. I'm like I'll do it now. I'm just yeah, and I'll just shoot down there, and. Uh, I end up finding a place. Uh, it's like in a garage of this mansion in Eagle Rock. Um, it's like a garage that's been renovated into like a live-in studio, but there's no like utilities in there. I have to go into the ba- uh, into the actual house for like the bathroom and for the kitchen and stuff. So that's where I start living for the first like four or five months out here, and then I'm just starting to go to as many open mics as I can. And, and where are you doing the open mics? God, all over the city, like Santa Monica, like because if this one thing does, this is hundreds like of open mics, hundreds of open mics, like all over the place. You'd try to hit three or four, like sometimes you'd even hit six in a night. It would be in like insanity. And are they brutal? Yeah, but also you're like some of them aren't, and and then you're also like mingling with people. You're making friends, and um, are you it, making people laugh? Yeah, I'm making people laugh. Yeah, I'm not. You know, sometimes I'm bombing though too. Because um, people aren't. Th- I mean, and Derek and I have talked about this. Um, you know, the brief summer that I was really doing open mics is people aren't there to see you. No, they're there to hear them. Right. So in Spokane, you're putting Much on different. these shows and everything, and people are there. They're they're at Very the bar. Mm-hmm. They want to see something funny. Hear something funny. You're doing all these open mics. And even the open mics in Spokane are much different. Very supportive. Yeah. Yeah. 
and this is it's all right. Nice. You're you're done. I'm up. Yeah, and it's yeah. It's just because the energy is so much different down here. The energy is like it's me. It has to be me. There's not enough room for both of us. Is the confidence start wavering? Um. Well, then, I, well, no. But the the jokes started changing. So the jokes were then being targeted toward the comics. So then I'm writing material that I know will work with the comics. So then I'm like, does that throw you off? Yeah, because then I go and do that material that I've been working on that's been working in the mics because it's been appealing to the comics, and I do that at the shows, and it's like going over the audience's head or the audience isn't getting it. or So then it was like I had to like re, like cal- like recalibrate my system again and figure out how to, you know, because I, I thought I just had written a punchline. And the audience is like, you got to write punchlines. You punch still lines. have to write that punchline. <laughs> So what's a, an example of something that works with a group of comics, but you an know, audience, the, it just doesn't? Um, I'm trying to think, you know, the self-deprecating dark stuff always usually works with a comic. Sort of like, you know, making comedy references or stuff like that. I can't think of anything yeah. off the top of my head that I was doing because it was so long ago. But um, yeah, any of that kind of stuff. Like an audience doesn't want to like feel sorry for you. You know. Yeah, they're there to laugh. They're there to laugh and forget about how they feel about themselves. Yes. <laughs> Don't make them feel... Oh, my God. Yeah. This guy's me. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I think there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. But then, but then you know, just, yeah, like I said, recalibrate. And what's the, the difference with the kind of social culture between the comics you're hanging out with in Spokane versus down here in L.A.? Well, it's just the whole, you know, it's much more down to earth, much more human to human, people to people up in Spokane. And it's just different down here. I think, you know, I even know based off of me, like for a long time, I probably had a little bit of a wall up. I didn't let people in because like I didn't know people or like, are these people, do they actually like me? Is there a reason they want to be my friends? Are they trying to like, you know, like, um, so I think it for, I think of this has been the most moment where the, like the, the realist I've been probably with, with the comedy community being myself, I think, you know, before I was probably having an ego and thinking I was better than somebody or, yeah. Is there a lot of, I mean, I would imagine there's a lot of that. Yeah. A lot of that judgmental, a lot of judgment, a lot of like, like jealousy and envy. And I know that I just based off of, I definitely had a lot of jealousies and a lot of like envy toward people and that like, had me acting stupid and foolish toward people and, and stuff. So, so, so now I, but I, I think it has changed a little bit because like, at least I'm finding a pocket of people where it's like, Oh, it's not like that. It's like, this is like a, this is a comedy community where it's friendly and it's fun and, and stuff. But, and, um, during this time, so you meet your wife. Yeah. I meet my wife. So what's, were you judging her? Con- She's a stand-up comic. She wasn't doing it at the time, though. So, you know, because I, I was living with the, I was living in a two-bedroom apartment with like three other dudes, um, three other comics at the time when I meet her. But no. when you're living with three other comics, <laughs> <laughs> what is what is the house like? Uh, it, it, at any point, is it like, hey, guys, it's enough. Can we all just shut the fuck up? Or <laughs> it's a lot of half gallon of vodka, half gallon of whiskeys in the recycling bin. Yeah, it's a it's an unhealthy environment. Yeah, but also some of the funnest times you're ever gonna have. Like it was, it was brutal, but like so fun. And are, it, and is there any competition amongst what's going on with the no, people living like there? Like, like in terms of, you know, somebody books something or I I got five minutes, uh, you know, at this club. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was any of that going on. I mean, there was one that like then became booking, booking, booking and then shot off into, you know, stardom. So like there was that and it was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, he's, oh, he's, he, he made, well, crazy. So there's always like a Who lot is that? of that tone. Tone Bell? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, so Tone was like booking a lot of stuff, as he should. You know, he's very funny and very good looking and uh, talented dude. But I think that at times was like when you're struggling and you're wanting to be booking and, you know, you're like coming home to like not feel good about not, not doing well. And then, and then you've got to congratulate. you got to congratulate. Book something else. Another thing was like tough at the time, but I also know that it was also just me just really wanting something too, you know? Yeah. Um, but there was never a, never felt like a competition. Like we had like, 
solidified like a family like bond kind of thing and like if one person was able to get on one show we were all going to get on that show eventually right so and are you all and we are celebrating every victory was like a, a night of celebration and are you just doing stand-up at this point i'm standing up <laughs> and uh i'm sitting down but no uh standing up and i'm auditioning a lot for commercials booking them um uh at, at this time i'm starting to book Starting to book maybe one or two. A beer commercial. I book a I book a, a spec commercial for an oatmeal <laughs> company. I'm at because we've had about three people on here uh-huh. where all of them they're they're like and finally I booked a Miller Lite ad uh, and so yeah. it's like a Bud Light and I did Modelo. I did a Modelo. Oh, did you do? Yeah, Modelo? I booked a Modelo a few years later. But uh, <laughs> that was Tone's first commercial was a Bud Light actually. Yeah, it it's a, there's a lot of beer. A lot of beer commercials. Commercials getting people started. <laughs> yeah. So, but yours was oatmeal. Yeah, so I had that oatmeal thing, <laughs> and that was that was pretty fun, dude. Because I, I like ended up they the pay der- they pay well for something like that. No, 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 no. But I kind of in I mean yeah in a way because I think I maybe made five hundred bucks or maybe two hundred. I don't remember something in that realm. But the director was this young guy who's my age, and he and I hit it off. And that like that guy is my best friend now for life. Like we. We did like a GMC commercial together. So we, yeah. we, we've done several spots together and we're always making silly videos and stuff. Um, but then I get this, and he's so funny. And his his humor is off where it's even funnier. So then I have now this reel of these three spots that we shot uh, that look like professional. And I am I now have this thing that is helping me get into casting rooms because I reach out to him and I'm like, my agent's really not doing too much. I'd like to try to get something else or do you know someone or something? So I reach out to him and he sends that reel to a casting director and she was like, oh, I've seen this. I love this guy. He's so funny. And she sends that to an agent who then has been my agent for the last like and so the years. So does the, do the commercials eventually start paying the bills then they for start you? Paying, then they start paying. Well, because there are a lot of them in the non-union in the beginning. So, you know, the non-union rates then like, the longer that I was doing them, the rates were going uh, a little bit higher. But um, then I, I end up booking a national like SAG commercial. So then I can't go out for the non-unions anymore. And then the, the, but the SAG commercial definitely pays well. And what commercial is that? It was like a John Cena Experian commercial. Oh, I so think was, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. the cow and everything. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was a wild <laughs> day. I didn't know who he was. Like before, um, the actor John Cena. Yeah, yeah. It was a while. Yeah, it was so funny because I remember uh, we were sitting in those chairs or whatever, and um, in the in the morning waiting, and and they said Cena's making their way over from the trailer, and I was look, holding the script in my hand, and I'm seeing the script, and because um, they just tossed me a line, so they wanted me to get familiar with the thing. <laughs> they tossed me a line, not a big deal, all right. <laughs> and um, I see the Cena lines, and I'm like, oh, that's the cow. And and then the the, the first AD is like, oh, Cena's making his way over from the trailer, and I was like, the the cow has its own trailer here, and he looked at me like, I don't, what, I don't get you, what? <laughs> and then it's like, okay. So you call John Cena a cow? I think he's the cow. You think he's the cow? And then this guy, yeah. So then this, and he shows up. Then he, he shows he, up. I still think John Cena is the cow. <laughs> I think that this guy is just some super confident, Wrangler? strong <laughs> actor. Who's like, he comes in and he's like trying to change a couple of the lines around. And like, at this time, like, I know like the legalities and all the lines and how they have to be a certain way. And like, you don't try to change those like that are supposed to be that way. Yeah. And he's changing them. And I'm like, Jesus, this guy's going to get fired. <laughs> and, and I'm just like the confidence that this guy has to even try to do this. He just showed up on set. Oh, he'll never book another commercial yeah, in this like, town again. At least it ain't me, you know? <laughs> So then I'm sitting there. And, and then, are you not questioning? And also, why are his arms the size of me? I mean, I was like, this guy is big. And he, everyone was like asking him, like, lifting advice. And I, I was like, <laughs> maybe is he strong or something? I mean, like, he looks like he, he lifts weights. So maybe that's why they're asking him. And then. At what point do you realize he's one of the most recognizable people in the country? Not until I get home from the shoot that night and tell my wife. And she's like, oh, before, before you tell me how the shoot went, I'm just watching wrestling right now. My favorite John Cena's up. <laughs> she basically, she was like, do you know who John Cena is? And I was like, 
No. So you shoot the whole commercial with him? You have no clue who he is? No, uh, no, and we're having a good time talking back and forth. We're like a lot of improv going on in that. Like, and, and is he like, this is great, guys. You got to come out for a wrestling show. And you're like, oh, this guy loves, <laughs> loves wrestling. wrestling. Awesome. What's up with this guy? I think guy? he might buy us tickets. Yeah. <laughs> he just wants to get in the ring. He was like very funny. And um, I get home and, t- and she's like, yeah, he's like the most famous wrestler next to The Rock, I think, ever. And I pull up a video, and sure enough, it's like him in front of millions of people. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's where all that confidence comes from. Oh, that's why he's changing the lines. Yeah, that's why people <laughs> are asking him weightlifting advice. It's John Cena right there. Wow. Yeah. So it was probably good I didn't know who he was, you know, because we had we had a, he he goes blue. He was going blue on some stuff. It was pretty fun. <laughs> I just love this, like you sitting there being like. This guy may never work in this town again because he's an asshole. Yeah. Big, but he's an asshole. Big asshole. <laughs> but ended up being super nice because I remember they get like when they, they wanted me to change a line or something, and then they're like, okay, let's roll. And he's like, hold on a second. You guys just gave him the line. Hey, kid, you all right? You need some time hey, kid, you all right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks, John. Oh, yeah, I've done an oatmeal commercial. What have you done, yeah, buddy? No, yeah. You're, I'm not changing this. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so you get. You get the big, mm-hmm. so and that was a national commercial. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So it, does that lead start leading to other? Well, at that time, like so, then uh, that was I, I booked. So I was like, for a while, I'm I'm booking like three, like commercials a year for like, and I do that for probably like six years or something. Yeah. And then um, COVID hits, and like I'm, and when COVID hits, I'm still at like. I, I just, it, it, I was shooting a commercial in Mexico City um, when, like, the pandemic, like, went into effect or whatever. Yeah. So then I, you know, when I get home, I'm, like, everything's shut down for a long time. And then things start to open up after, like, I think, like, I don't know, like, six months or something, eight months. Maybe we start auditioning a little bit. That's when I booked the Cena commercial. But is that killing you during the pandemic? I mean... I mean, no, there's... because I'm getting that government money where... You know, I was like on un- unemployment because at the time I was also working at a restaurant, but the restaurant got shut down because of COVID. So, but do you feel like your comedy? I mean, because it's so much practice. Oh, to yeah. get up there. Yeah. I mean, I saw a couple of um, Zoom comedy show. You know, where they're like, mm-hmm. hey, hey, we're we're bringing in a stand-up comic to do a routine on Zoom, and it was awful. Did yeah. you do anything like that? No, I didn't do. I didn't do. Um, any of that stuff. So it's like six to eight months of no comedy. It was like two years of no comedy for me. Wow. Which is a long time. I didn't. I didn't do want to do any of the Zoom shows that like that. I wasn't. That wasn't. I like being in the like. I ultimately should have done them because it would have kept me sharp. It would have kept me on my game. Would have kept me writing. But no, I went into heavy introvert, heavy paint mode, and I just painted for like ten hours a day. For two years straight, basically. Wow. Um, and I've seen on your website a lot of your art. Yeah. And what do you do with the art? Uh, I put it on my walls and drive my wife crazy because I have no space for anything. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, <laughs> you have to get a storage unit. And I'm like, yeah. Or maybe sell some of yeah, these pieces. Yeah, or sell some of these things, <laughs> I guess. Um, so, yeah. So, that was, like, all I really did. and But I also had this, like... Um, there's a squirrel with a grapefruit in its mouth. And it was just so funny to see such a big fruit in such a little animal's <laughs> mouth as it's running across. Um, and uh, that's just, so you kind of had to be here for that joke uh, thing here happening. But, um, but yeah, so I just w- was painting and uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I got, I got distracted with this. Like, and, and, and I asked you like 10 minutes ago, actually about your wife and then I got us distracted. So, um, you, you, Oh yeah. I, yeah. So, so your wife, mm-hmm. Uh, Misha. Yeah. Okay. She is my wife. Who, by the way, I asked her also about being on the podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm sure she'd love to. Well, she, about after two weeks, responded to me and said, oh, my God, I just uh, absolutely be so great to see you. And um, I said, awesome. When are you available? And I haven't heard from her since. So I'm just going to wait another month until she gets back. She's so bad at social media. She's like... She used to be on it all the time, like doing the hustle, whatever thing for it, you know, for 
but she's off it now. She like I mean she's on it, but she's she's not like I, I'm the same. By the way, I can't stand social media. I can't either. But I'm also like, but I do need to. I feel like I need to post something. I feel like I need to. Um, right, because that's how you. St- stupid enough it's a way that you're doing the mic without being at a mic right and and by the way when both of you who do comedy did you think about creating online content during since hey i live with another comic Mm -hmm. well definitely we were um you know for the for the I think it was two, two and a half, three years leading up to the pandemic. We were we we started a sketch show. So then we were not sketch channel. So we were doing sketch comedy and we were shooting sketches pretty regularly. I saw a great one you guys did with the Brita. Oh yeah, with the water. She keeps filling up the Brita yeah. and then you keep <laughs> pouring not, water and yeah, drinking not, it. And she's like, it she's like, what the fuck is going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so we're doing a lot of that stuff yeah. and, and, um, we're starting to really hone in on it. And then, like I said, the, the pandemic happened and then our, you know, cause we had a little film crew and like, it was hard to finagle everything to try to get it, you know, cause some people weren't really wanting to do anything right now and because of the disease or, and stuff. The disease? The disease. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't really do anything yeah. for a while, but now we're getting back on the horse and like, Starting to write it now. I've been firing off a bunch. I have a bunch of sketches in the. So where do you guys meet? In the holster, Misha and I. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny how I haven't answered this question, huh? Yeah. It's been strip club. I mean, where yeah. is it? <laughs> okay, I met her on the side of the road. Okay, she was hungry. She was living under the 101. Um, met her at Flappers Comedy Club. Met her at a comedy club. She was a cocktail waitress, and I was at an open. I was. She would um, be serving during the open mics. So I'd be there at the open mics, ordering right. waters from her, not tipping her, and. Um, looking at her <laughs> inappropriately <laughs> probably definitely so um but yeah so it's we an interesting there. move because usually when you're attracted to the waitress tip uh, you tip extra that's the right that's how men See do their I mean? thing not this let guy. me show you <laughs> yeah actually and you're like well yeah. I, I go against how type. am i gonna stand out here oh, yeah. <laughs> also i have no money so yeah, i'm not also, giving you anything also please you know that i have no money <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so, yeah, so, but I, I meet her, but, um, we don't really even start t- talking for a year after that. And she wasn't doing comedy. She had maybe done a couple of, a couple, she'd maybe done a, a show at the comedy store once, like a bringer show and maybe done an open mic or, so but, do you, but pu- no. do you push her to do more comedy? I mean, um, do- she just ends up starting to get the itch. I think after being there and seeing enough of it, she then wants she to She's like, it these out. people suck. <laughs> I have <laughs> got to. Garbage. I have to listen to these fucks. Every yeah. Time. Sorry. I, have to, I don't know if I can curse on here or not, but I did. No, nobody's listening. <laughs> so it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So then she starts getting the itch and then she starts going up. And I think also like her agents were wanting her to, to, you know, cause it helps. Because she was acting. She's acting, yeah. She was primarily she, she came out here to act and was acting. So uh, it, it helps. It helps you know? So, you know, you talked about, um, you know, living with comics. Mm-hmm. And there's not competition, but somebody's booking stuff. You're not. and the, mm-hmm. So does that happen in the marriage? Um, well, I think there's a lot of it, you know, because I, I was, I'm, was fair, I'm fairly busy booking things and stuff. So... Um, but she also isn't really pursuing it right now at this moment. She's kind of just put it on the back burner. I think she kind of got tired of like all the pressures and bullshit that come along with it. And I think she just wants us to focus on like stand up and not so much acting stuff. And so there, there's not really competition unless it's just like, how many times you get up this week? Oh, I got up one more time than you. Yeah. You know, so, but not like, does she ever ever critique you? Oh yeah. We help each other. Like that's, that's, what's great too is like, we're able to run bits by each other or, but does it ever get, um, like, you know, you're sure that something works and then, or she's sure something works and you're like, well, you need a punchline. Uh, and then she's fuck you. Uh, like funny. there'll be, there'll be a couple of times maybe where I'll, I'll be like, you know, I think it should be, I, Hey, my opinion, I think it should be this way. I think you should, you know, l- l- and does that this. ever she, not go over well? Never not. Well, but, but it'll be like, oh, well, we'll just see. We'll see. It's all play, you know. It's, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't ever get to a point where it's like, you mother. <laughs> Luckily. So you're not in a position where she gets up there 
And she's got a five minute bit about hippos <laughs> and gets down and she's like, that hippo bit is killing. And you're sitting there being like, it's the fucking stupidest thing I've ever heard. Uh, let me, let me think for a second. No, no, no. Because usually if, if something, if she runs a bit by me that I don't think is funny and then she goes up and it crushes, I'm, she's then now convinced me of the bit. She's sold the bit on me. So now I've been able to see her perform it in the way that she like, envisions it do you ever perform it for each other not like perform perform but well like... but but and that's difficult though mm-hmm. to sit there and say okay here's i'm working on this and yeah so it, it, this is fascinating to me because my wife she's an interior designer oh that's awesome and so it's really easy i don't know what i'm talking about when it comes to what she does so it's usually, you know, she'll hang a painting in the house and go, <laughs> what do you think this works? And if I go, no, she'll be like, well, what the fuck do you know? <laughs> you're not an interior designer. <laughs> you're right. But to be in such a similar, you know, especially comedy, mm-hmm. and comedy so about taste, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, do you ever find yourself, like, you're, I'm not attracted to you right now because I think what you just came up with sucks. Um, <laughs> let's see. I don't think so. I think maybe, like, there have been, you know, I'm not like too into like politics or anything like that. So like, I think maybe like her, like if she has anything that's kind of political, I'm like, I won't get it. Yeah. Or I won't like. Because your comedy is much more about just your life. Yeah. Sorry. I'm getting the cord there. But uh, yeah, just life and whatever comes into my brain. Your Subaru. Subaru, the car, like birds or, yeah. you know, yeah. Going to the store. Buying cheese sometimes, you know, um, trying to do it and working on a cheddar bit. Um, but yeah, so mine's very much something in the sharp, mild cheddar. Medium, medium, medium. medium there are a lot medium. of levels to there cheddar. So there's something there. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm going to go with that. Um, I got to tell you, because sometimes I'm in the supermarket, mm-hmm. and my wife goes, buy some cheddar, and I'm lost. Like, which one? Fuck. Just, I should have. Just get pro. Mild? <laughs> <laughs> what are these? I get shredded? Yeah. I don't know. What's this Colby jacket about? The sharp, about? safe I don't even for my kids know. to eat? Yeah, right. Well, you got to put a tape the corners and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. See, I that's the kind of comedy that I love, our stand-ups. You know, I, I think, and I know it's, I, I'm a, such a big Seinfeld person, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, David Letterman mm-hmm. on his, uh, the interview show he does on Netflix, mm-hmm. um, and my ne- my next guest or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, he says, you know, do you, do any political jokes, you know, jokes about, you know, Trump or, or whatever. And he's like, nah, not really, but I have a, a 40 minute bit about raisins. <laughs> and it's like, that to me is so That's much funny. funnier. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And it just like, it doesn't like put you in a certain place, you know? Yeah. You know, it just, I feel like it kind of like, that's why I loved Mitch Hedberg is like, he's talking about, He's talking about an, an escalator or, or an oscillating fan. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't have to know anything about, like, I don't have, it doesn't, it's not going to trigger anything that's going to maybe rile me up. Right. So you're bit. not concerned with, you know, the, the woke comedy no. movement. No. All I'm trying to do is just kind of stay out of it a bit. I yeah. Feel like, yeah. I don't know. I, <laughs> when you're when you're talking about your '99 Subaru, yeah, you're like, this is a safe zone, <laughs> except for maybe with lesbians in Colorado, yeah, right? <laughs> also, I am not a lesbian. Everybody, everyone keeps thinking that. Is that you get from that a, a lot from afar? Yeah, you know, I have like beautiful black women hair, and I get out of the Subaru, and I have a, kind of a petite figure. Sometimes <laughs> you get the wrong eye. Yeah, it does look like yeah. <laughs> that's just me, though. But that's just me, and that's just how I see myself, I guess. Oh my God! We're gonna have to cut that part out. <laughs> we don't. Uh, don't no worry. A lot. A lot worse has been said <laughs> okay, on here. Perfect. Um, and we just blow right through it. Um, so you mentioned uh, about doing sketch comedy. Yeah. So you did improv when you were younger. Mm-hmm. You and me should doing your sketch comedy thing. Mm-hmm. Does it ever enter your head that you know you want to do a, an SNL down the road? Is that part of the I mean, that'd be, dream that'd be super cool i mean it definitely was a dream for sure um a little while uh, earlier in my career when i got to la i think that was more of like oh that'd be great but i think also like i think about well yeah there it, it's, a, it's a ton of it, it, not that not that i don't want to put in work but it's like a ton of work to do that show they don't get paid that great and you're living in new york city um i'm like does that sound fun or does it sound better to like 
have a job out here where it's regular on like a sitcom or like a show or a series where, you know, like, I don't know, I guess like before I'd gone out, I'd, I had sent a pitch reel to SNL. So at the, like, um, probably like probably seven, six and a half years ago, I had a manager who we put together a, a packet to send to, to SNL to, to pitch to them or whatever. Um, but I never ended up hearing anything from it, but it definitely would be the thing with like, like I don't, I have, I haven't been watching SNL lately, but I haven't been finding the sketches to be as funny as they used to be. And so like at this point, I'm like, I don't know that I would want to be on the show if I don't think that what the content they're doing is funny. You is know? that always the case with SNL though? Like that, sometimes when it's that when you're watching it, no matter what time it is, you think that a few years earlier it was funnier? Maybe, maybe that is true. Yeah, I guess I've never really thought about it like that. I remember as a kid um, mm -hmm. in like the mid '90s, being like watching SNL and being like, I, if, "It used to be funnier," mm -hmm. but then you look back and that cast is like, <clears throat> "Excuse me," is like, you know, Chris Farley and right. Adam Sandler and David Spade and all these great, you right. know, performers on there, and they were hilarious. Maybe they were just over maybe my they head, were... but you know, the comedy. But I, yeah, I guess. I guess, I guess I what I'm asking you is, is the comedy out on SNL currently over your head? I don't think it's over my head. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. But maybe my taste has also changed. Maybe I think there's a little bit more. Of, I feel like there's a little bit more of an... I don't know. I don't... Like, I feel like SNL is, isn't, isn't playing to everybody. I think they're kind of playing to like certain people, right? Well, they lean heavily on the politics now because right. that's where they have found and I think, rating success. And I think that's where I'd, I'm like, well, I don't do politics stuff, so this doesn't appeal to me. So do you like something more like I think you should leave yeah, on Netflix? that's much yeah, more. Yeah, that strikes me. Like, I could see you mm -hmm. on a show like that. Yeah, that would be super fun. And I actually just put a sketch of our Misha and I sketches. Or Is it Misha and me? I think it Misha and I. Misha and me, how do you say it? <laughs> would you say Misha and I or Misha and me? I, Misha and myself. You would say myself? Misha and myself. Misha and myself. So myself and Misha. Yeah. Misha okay. and so we, anyway, the two of us, uh, I put us together. Misha put and a, I. Misha and I. But Misha and me kind of sounds cool. Misha and I. Misha and me sounds <laughs> this is like your autobiography. Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, I put together... Uh, our, our little sketch. I, I finally had like anime. I needed to animate like transition screens in between our sketches to make a pilot, and I just finished it. And um, so, where do you submit that? No idea. Do you know the guy? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to love to get an email address. Um, like you put all this work together, yeah. and, then and then it sits it just, there, and you're like, well, what do I do with this? Just take, um, taking up space on a hard drive. But yeah. it will. I'm going to try to get it somewhere. I mean, I don't. You know, eventually it'll work its way out. Work itself out. Well, the internet now is internet so... Now. I thought about maybe just putting it right up on YouTube, but then I was like, well, we already have all these up on YouTube, but I wanted to like present it as like a sketch show, you know? Yeah. So it's like a 22-minute pilot. So I don't know if... Like now I just have it on Vimeo as private, you know, and I'm trying to send it to some folks and stuff. But I don't and know. hope it gains some traction. Maybe. I don't know. And have you had... But it has the very... I just, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. But the only reason I say that is because it, it very much has like the same kind of tone as like is it i think you should leave yeah yeah, yeah. um so you know you mentioned that at this point you know doing something more like a sitcom sitcom or like or even like single cam but was like a like a regular show and has it, have you been out auditioning for any of yeah i'm going out a lot um just kind of waiting to lock something lock something in i'm going out for smaller co-star stuff right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because you have the look. I got a and something. The, and the affect. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe if they try to bring back... I got an Afghan, too, for that, my grandma. <laughs> maybe if they try to bring back that that bowling show would I be know. good. I know. Hey, guys, can we just go back to the one that I booked a while maybe ago? Maybe the problem was they made it in Spokane. I think that's it. I don't know what it was. Right? I mean, like, who's heard of that? You guys, it's a good show. Uh, I'm making a show. It's in Spokane. Ethan Embry, this is a hit. And they're like, no. Is it online anywhere? No, but they ended up pulling the plug on it because right after they shot that, Spike TV ended up transitioning into um, reality. Yeah. So they they weren't trying to go forward with any scripted show, so they had to can it. And um, 
you know, it's just kind of sad to talk about. You seem very <laughs> depressed about it still. <laughs> no, yeah. So not. can you tell me about the Subaru? Yeah, it's still going. You've had this, it's a 99. 99, I've had it since I, I, I bought it when I was 17. And, and besides the uh, people mistaking you for a lesbian, mm-hmm. where does the Subaru, because the, the Subaru appears in your comedy. It appears in my comedy and it appears in my dreams. <laughs> I don't know if we could say it any better than that. <laughs> yeah, I still got it though, but it is gonna. I'm gonna euthanize it here pretty soon. It's time. It's almost time. To yeah, because like, um, my grandma's not dying, but she's getting old. Um, but this she, is connected to the Subaru <laughs> somehow. It's connected. So when she dies, she. So what she has her right, dying wishes. She's always wanted to drive a '99 Subaru off a cliff. She's like, let me get in that car. <laughs> she has a 2006 Subaru Baja. Do you know anything about this car? A Baja? Yeah. Here's what I know about it. They don't make it anymore. Is (laughs) that true? Exactly (laughs) right. They don't make it anymore. So it's a limited edition vehicle. She's kept this thing in tip-top condition. It's a 2006. I think it has like 50,000 miles on it. It's a truck? Yeah, it's a Subaru truck. Like a pickup? Like it looks like like an Outback, but a truck in the back. Small small bed. Yeah. And she's already told me, she's been telling me this for years, when I'm dead, you get the car. That's what you get. That's your inheritance. And you're like, Prince, now King Charles, just waiting I'm for like, this moment. Come on, Grandma. But and she doesn't drive it. She does. She drives oh, it. She's the, yeah, she's still driving it. But when she stops driving or dies, whatever comes first, I get the car. How old is Grandma? I don't know. I think she's like 79. She's not even that old. Oh, you've got a long time. I know, but she <laughs> thinks she's going tomorrow. And you're just sitting here, pins and needles. Like, what is going on? So Misha, the Baja and is I'm coming ex- any day. I know, and I'm like, look, and I'm like, now I'm having these visions with the Baja. I'm like thinking about the Baja with like. It's got a rack on top, you know, getting the tent on top, making it like an extreme outdoor vehicle. I have all these visions where I'm just like, give me this fucking car. And so I'm just riding it out with the Subaru, you know, because I have this box. And your Subaru is a what? An Outback? A Legacy. Oh, a legacy. Yeah, so it's it a Subaru sedan. It's a Subaru sedan. So this is a huge upgrade to go to the Baja. Even yeah. It's, um, you know, it's, 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 it's 2006. Not that, I mean, I have a 99 going to 2006 is great. But yeah. I say all of that. Because my grandma just told me like a couple weeks ago that she has bought me a car with the rest of my inheritance, and so she's bought me <laughs> she's bought me a a 2014 Nissan Versa. Wait a minute, <laughs> <laughs> you you're, you're waiting for grandma to die. I'm waiting for grandma to so die. So you can get the Subaru Baja, Baja. collector. I mean, it's a collector's it's a item. Edition. Here's the thing, real quick. She, she every time I she, I get to drive that when I go home, like that's my transport. So. Every time I pick it up from her, she's like, okay, have fun, be safe. But also, no, people are going to stop you. They're going to say, that's a nice car. <laughs> I'm like, shut up. She's like, people stop me all the time. And I'm like, you're crazy. And? People stop me all, all the, the time. time. Yeah, it's I'd stop you. I get people unrolling the windows. Hey, nice car. I don't make those anymore, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. I know, I know. And yeah, the I just heard plate, that up the block yeah, from the last guy. Last guy. <laughs> And the license plate says sissy truck. That's what my grandma has it say. So it says S- oh my God. S-I-S-Y-T-R-K. Anyway, so she bought me the But Nissan she bought you a Versa. Nissan Versa. Nissan Versa, which I'm like, this freaking front-wheel drive garbage shit car. I mean, what I'm color? Like, m- m- uh, metallic blue. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely on sale. Yeah, definitely on sale. Used car, for sure. So she got me that, and it has like 80,000 miles or whatever. Um, but she said, look, this is a deal. I don't want you driving that Subaru anymore. It's a piece of shit, and I don't want to have to worry about you. So I spent the rest of your inheritance on this car. I had your mom pick it out. So my mom has picked out the car that she's like me to have. <laughs> so I have this car that is going to be shipped down here from Washington because my my mom doesn't want me to drive it down. Well, it won't make the trip. Because it won't make the trip right. because of the snow pass or something. Yeah. Because I didn't grow up in Spokane in the snow. <laughs> so anyway, I'm getting this Versa, and my grandmother said, look, when I die, you can either turn in the Versa for the Subaru or you can keep the Versa. But you get to make the decision when I die. I just want to... She's trying to give me her inheritance while she's alive so she can see me. Yeah, yeah. She wants to see you enjoy it. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. But do you turn to Misha and go, listen, I know we were crossing our fingers for that inheritance and that Baja, but there's a blue metallic blue Versa on its way. blue Versa on its way, front wheel drive, no GPS, and that's fine. (laughs) 
You it's a need, free car. You don't need but GPS. But the thing, here's the thing. I don't need a GPS. I was so prepared to drive this Subaru, the 99, into the ground. Like, that thing out there is like a fucking tank. Oh, yeah, you know Subarus. I mean? and, and, and now, like, the exterior is so damaged that it's gone past the point of, like, and it's not even that bad, but it's past the point of me, like, caring about anything, really. And I know that's a sturdy rig. Because I've been hit with it before. <laughs> and I was like a guy I've done like, you know, people will like try to pass you on the right and push you out of the lane. Oh yeah. I had somebody try to do that to me and I'm like, dude, I'm driving the Subaru. I'm not moving out this lane. <laughs> and then he crashed his car into the side of mine. And I'm like, I'm not going to move out of the lane. You're driving it on the right hand, you know? So I'm like, I'm willing to take hits Yeah. in this thing. I You'll... feel indestructible. Yeah. You'll put your life in. I'll put my life in danger. danger but also to prove a point about exactly, this Subaru. Exactly. And it's, you know, it's like, it's kind of a piece of, it's, you know, it's a big time piece of, kind of, big time piece of shit. And it's kind of humbling to get into it. Yeah. Because I have to get into the passenger. It's keeping you, with all your success. Keeping me grounded. It's keeping you grounded. Now my mom's got this fancy 2014 metallic blue coming down. Dude, my ego is going to go. Way through. The next thing you know, you're going to book something big. You think so? Or the guy, whoever the, or, or gal. Yeah. Is gonna see the is gonna see your uh, do you mean that real thing? I don't know. What well, the you fuck don't, do I know? Well, I want you to meet. I'm it. literally not. Th- I'm, <laughs> I'm doing a, a podcast in somebody's guest house. Oh, I want it to. I want it to happen. No. Uh. Yeah. So I'm super excited about the new car, but I am like, it, to be honest, it's like kind of sad to say goodbye to the Subaru because it's like every time I pull up in that car, people are like, "What the fuck? You still have that car?" I have news for you, Lance. When you pull up in the blue Nissan Versa, people will still have comments. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, <laughs> right. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's what you chose, huh? Yeah, nice. Who chose that for you, uh, your mom? Yeah. <laughs> Stings. Yeah, well, she did. Yeah. Well, Lance, it's a settled matter. That's yeah. what we say here. I want to thank you for coming in. Okay. Well, thank you for having great. me. I love hearing about your comedy journey. It wish you thank so you much luck. We'd me. love to have you come back. Maybe I'd love to be back. We'll have Misha, then you and Misha. You I can come do back Misha. in the Versa. You can come back in the Versa, and we can do Misha and me. Oh, Misha and me. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. That is fun. All right. Thanks for being thank here. Thank you so much. All right. Now, I it's still recording, so I have to get up. Derek usually does this part. Oh, Derek. How dare you be sick?